Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. It's July 4th, 1891, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Aria, Rebecca, and Ali, the Retrospectors. If you had been a guest at Oscar Bilby's 4th of July party at his ranch just outside Tulsa, Oklahoma on this day, you would have been lucky enough to enjoy delicious Angus beef burgers served on homemade buns. So far, so 4th of July. But what made this occasion special is that this is the first hamburger in history, maybe. That yeah. maybe is doing a lot of work in that sentence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, am a, I am a Bilby partisan and I will take you all on. I know it's the 4th of July and I know you're excited to celebrate the origin of the burger, but yeah, let's just put a heavy <laughs> disclaimer at the top of this. The legitimacy of this date that we're celebrating all comes down to whether or not you think a hamburger is a hamburger only when it's served on a bun. The funny thing about <laughs> it is that it's got this murky and hugely disputed history with American families' rival claims backed by, honestly, everything from, like, state legislature's edicts to personal <laughs> affidavits and massive festivals that get mounted in different cities across the states, which is all particularly funny for a product whose name pays homage to the German city of Hamburg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's probably one of the more contested origin stories. But to be fair, who would have thought of recording the moment they first ate a beef patty inside a bread roll? <laughs> and as you touched on, Ollie, how do you define the first? Does it have to be a bun? Does it have to be called a hamburger? You know, mushed up meat and bread are food staples in many, if not most, cultures around the world. Yeah, it's never called that on the menu, though, is it? <laughs> not very appetite wetting <laughs> <laughs> so meat and bread will obviously have been eaten together in various ways you, know, you only have to look at our meatball episode to know <sighs> that beef patties are everywhere in all times like you could say that the groundwork for a hamburger was laid when the first human ate the first cow and you, you know god knows when that was or with the domestication of cattle see mesopotamia around ten thousand years ago but actually probably at least it's more salient to jump ahead to kind of the 1800s when beef comes to the u.s with german immigrants yes because what we do know regardless of who in america popularized it um the reason that it was in America at all was because German immigrants were in America. Steak Hamburg originated in Hamburg, and it was New York street sellers trying to cater to German sailors, basically, who started selling ground-up mints uh, at some point in the 19th century and created the notion of Steak Hamburg as a German-American dish. Mm. Now, before we get to the hamburger, there's a definite link, isn't there, from Germany to the States that brings us to this point. Yeah, the connection between the food and the city isn't 100% clear, although it's possible that it arrived in Germany via Russia as a form of steak tartare. And that theory is bolstered by the fact that early hamburger steaks in the US were often served either raw or rare, and they came with 
a raw egg on top of them, like a steak tartare. The first reference in English to Hamburg sausage came in the mid-18th century. By the mid-19th century, there had become hamburger steak, and both recipes are recognisable to us as a basic burger patty with onions and various seasonings. This, the early one still has that weird medieval thing where they've put like cinnamon and clove and stuff in it. But by <laughs> the 1800s, we had reached a recognisable modern burger patty. And by the mid-1800s, then the growth of home grinders it was uh, attributed as being one of the things that was responsible for the spread of hamburgers, because I guess this was the opportunity to take meat home in various different forms and then mush it to your own liking in your own uh, kitchen. Um, but that in conjunction with this explosion of readily available beef in America is yet another one of these sort of origin points. Yes. So from 1871, you could buy Hamburg beefsteak on the breakfast and supper menu of the Clipper restaurant at 311-313 Pacific Street in San Fernando, California. If you did go and you had 10 cents, you could buy a burger, but also mutton chops, pig's feet in batter, stewed veal, pig's head, calf tongue and stewed kidneys. I'll take the burger. Yeah, I'll take the burger. <laughs> Even if everything else on the menu is like one pence. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Can I take you back to this particular 4th of July in 1891? You may. I'll give you the Bilby version. Yes. And for this, we have to thank author Michael Wallace and a 1995 article he wrote about his research into the origins of the burger for Oklahoma Today magazine. <laughs> so... Oscar Bilby and his wife had been living on their ranch outside of Tulsa for about seven years when they threw this, their first 4th of July party. Now, according to their grandson, Harold, Oscar himself told him that he had hand-forged his own iron grill, ground his own Angus beef patties, grilled them over hickory wood, while his wife, Fanny, made her secret recipe buns. Yeah, now, Fanny's buns are an important part <laughs> of this story because, as I say, we've already got dates that, that precede this. If you want to see that original grill, you actually can, because the other thing that Oscar Bilby made was his own root beer. Now, he didn't claim to have invented it. It was first <laughs> sold 50 years previously, but it was common for farmers to make their own root beer. And he was the and first I- to put it between buns. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma funny stuck it right between her buns. <laughs> But his root beer was what actually took off rather than the burgers. And there's still a roadside store in Tulsa that sells his root beer and burgers, still operated by the Bilby family. And apparently at this place, which is called Weber's, they claim to still use that original 1891 homemade grill. But I would take it with a grain of salt because they do also claim that Frank and Jesse James were early adopters of their (laughs) great-grandfather's root beer. Well, Harold also says in answer to the question, did he definitely invent the burger? There's not even a trace of doubt in my mind. My grandpa invented the hamburger on a bun right here in what became Oklahoma. And if anybody wants to say different, then let them prove otherwise. And I'm like, you can't just put the onus of proof on someone else. Especially when, by definition, they would be dead. Well, like, long dead <laughs> yeah. if they had any contrary evidence. Um, so, all right, burger on a bun, maybe was invented by Oscar Bilby. But burger between two pieces of bread, I mean, i.e. Hamburg steak between two pieces of bread, therefore a burger. There is quite a well-established claim on that from 1885. Uh, So six years ahead of this, which is 15-year-old as he was then, Charlie Nagreen of Seymour, Wisconsin, who was selling meatballs at the Outagamie County Fair. And uh, people were burning their hands... (laughs) 
I don't know why. I mean, I know he was 15 and I know this was 1885 and this was all new, but seriously. It's coming off a grill, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I've got everything. I've got the grill. I've got the meat. Here you are. I mean, yeah. Didn't think to have some kind of mechanic that people could walk around the fair eating it on. So people were burning their hands and saying, I don't want your meatball. You're hurting me. And then he went to, in the absence of a grandma fanny on site, went to the bakery stall across the way, who were also at the state also fair. Also spluttering because they had nothing inside their bread. Nothing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we've got the perfect combination here, guys. I've got the filling. You've got the bread. And he called this thing the hamburger. He was the first to call it a hamburger. He became known as Hamburger Charlie. He returned to sell hamburgers at the fair every year until his death in 1951. Um, he would apparently entertain the crowds with a guitar and mouth organ and his jingle, hamburgers, hamburgers, hamburgers hot, onions in the middle, pickle on top, makes your lips go flippity flop. And not your hands, <laughs> because we've got <laughs> no bread around it. Your hands. Yeah. <laughs> well, the other main claimant to the title of inventor of the hamburger is a guy called Fletcher Davis, who was nicknamed Uncle Dave. He sold hamburger sandwiches, again, between two pieces of bread, mm -hmm. at the 1904 World's Fair in St. Louis, always which, the by the way, Fair. always was fair. That's also credited with introducing ice cream cones, hot dogs in buns, and candy floss to the mainstream. But he claimed he'd been selling them in his hometown of Athens, Texas, since the 1880s. And this prompted Oklahoma Governor Frank Keating to get involved. On the 12th of April 1995, he made an official proclamation declaring Tulsa the real birthplace of the hamburger. And the proclamation opens, whereas scurrilous rumours have credited Athens, Texas as the birthplace of the hamburger, which I think is just such a grandiose opening. <laughs> so great. And he goes on to address this very issue that we have been discussing as well. He says... Although someone in Athens in the 1860s may have placed cooked ground beef between two slices of bread, this minor accomplishment can in no way be regarded equal to what comes on a bun accompanied by such delight as pickles, onions, lettuce, tomato, cheese, and in some cases, special sauce. <laughs> and there was a counter-proclamation by Wisconsin... Uh, whose legislature uh, declared that Seymour, Wisconsin, was the home of Hamburger, and that's why it's right to hold all the festivals and celebrations in their yeah. town. I mean, the thing that I find most interesting and sort of ironic about all of this is, as we've said, what is sort of beyond doubt is that the origins of it were in Hamburg, Germany, but it had become such an American thing, the Hamburger, that by World War II, troops in the States and from the States were given hamburgers on army bases, etc., as their sustenance, because it was an all-American food that they all enjoyed. Well, they were given hamburgers, but that's probably not the name they were being served under. They were one of the many German food items that underwent a rebranding during World War II. You may have heard of um, sauerkraut being renamed Liberty Cabbage. Well, much in the same vein, hamburgers were renamed Liberty Steaks. Which is hilarious, isn't it? And, and like a predecessor of what happened in our lifetime, which was that short-lived attempt to call French fries freedom fries when France wouldn't evade Iraq. <laughs> I mean, you had the option to call them beef burgers right there. I, you know, <laughs> kids always find it super confusing that, like, a hamburger is not made of ham. Doesn't have ham in it, yes. Why not just clear that up from the start? <laughs> Tomorrow. They then ordered the book themselves from the wholesaler. It arrived at their garage, then they packed it up and sent it to you. Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.